Hello and welcome to the Green Business Podcast, a show about climate entrepreneurs and their exciting businesses. I am your host Bharti for these conversations about scaling up a climate-driven business. My guest today is Ashwin Ramanujam from Ergon Labs, which is building fast chargers for electric scooters. These chargers allow users to fully charge their vehicles in less than an hour. using a regular 15 ampere socket that we use at our homes for geysers microwaves or electric vehicles ergon's fast chargers are inbuilt into scooters just like motors or any other vehicle part uh, ashwin studied mechanical engineering at nit suratkal karnataka and after that he worked at raimac automobili in croatia Uh, where he was part of the team that built the fastest car in the world fastest electric car in the world uh, he returned to india in 2019 and that's when ergon was born uh, the company is currently in discussion with multiple oems to integrate its charger on their vehicles and also to start pilots hi ashwin welcome hey bharti great talking to you Yeah, lovely, lovely to have you. And uh, let's start with the origin story of Ergon. Um, talk to us about your transition from building fastest electric car to fast chargers. Right, sure. So, uh, I mean, I've been into electric vehicles since before uh, I knew it. Um, I was always into cars. Um, growing up, uh, spent a lot of time uh, fixing cars with my dad, things of that sort. Uh, on the other hand, also had um, a lot of uh, cars as toys, uh, remote control <laughs> cars, cars of all shapes and sizes. Um, I sort of saw a huge difference here. So, so the remote control cars I had were quite simple; just had an electric motor and a battery. But on the other hand, the bigger real cars were pretty complicated. and back then i always used to wonder why it is so why can't we just make a much bigger version of this remote control car and i used to think i was very naive but uh, in hindsight i think it was just beginner's mind so grew up uh, always wanting to work on vehicles later uh, electric vehicles and uh, first job out of college was like you said uh, on the fastest electric car in the world Uh, the way I saw that opportunity really was as a substitute for doing a masters after graduating. So I thought, okay, um, instead of um, spending a bunch of money to uh, study, might as well work at a place where I can learn and then go do something on my own, which was always the uh, plan. Um, so I spent a couple of uh, years there, uh, and uh, the intention was always to come back here. So initially, the goal was to build. an electric motorcycle a light electric motorcycle actually spent my first 8 or so months here uh, building a vehicle from scratch um but my real sort of um, intention was never to just get components off the shelf and put them together in a vehicle i wanted to work on the components that go into mm. a, into a vehicle as well um so along the way as i built the vehicle spoke to people i sort of realized trying to do both at the same time doesn't make too much sense so sort of shifted gears and started focusing only on components because i felt really that is where i could add most value um here hmm okay so so let's let's talk about ergon now what are ergon chargers 
um right so um, like i said uh, broadly our goal is really to develop technologies to sort of address the fundamental challenges folding back mass adoption of electric vehicles in india and uh, i mean and the problems in india are slightly different right the, the electric vehicle story in india will be driven by two and three wheelers i think everybody understand that at this point but the problems and solutions for two wheelers are quite different and unique compared to cars uh, but people i mean tesla won't solve uh, the problems that electric scooters have right because it's just yeah. not the market they're focusing on so broadly that is uh, our goal here and uh, from what we saw uh, sort of the whole charging problem i think is the biggest deterrent today for mass adoption in india um and uh, that that is what we are uh, essentially uh, solving so uh, what we're building right now is sort of an end to end charging ecosystem for light electric vehicles two and three wheelers so the key component of the solution is the hardware that we're building Uh, it's essentially a fast charger which can be packaged on an electric scooter that users can then plug into their regular 15 amp outlet and uh, get their vehicles fully charged in uh, under an hour um so this is the major part of the solution but just having this hardware on board is not sufficient people still need accessible outlets to plug into and that's sort of the second major part of what we will be working on Uh, which is to essentially build a very dense network of uh, charging points uh, that would essentially allow people to charge fast wherever they park their vehicles hmm. okay got it so first uh, step is to have a charger that is part of a vehicle and mm-hmm. which is which is where you are right now and the second part would be to create the charging station network right that's right Okay, so so can you talk a little bit more on the charger? Uh, so it it uh, so it is a fast charger, but it works in with home infrastructure, right? Right. Um, so um, what I am referring to when I say charger is the actual power conversion apparatus. So huh. just like a mobile or laptop charger, right? The brick that uh, comes along with it that you plug into the wall and uh, uh, the laptop or mobile phone at the other end. that is what i'm talking about when i say charger we are essentially building the electric vehicle version of that just scaled up by about uh, 30 times or so hmm okay but that charger allows to uh, allows a vehicle to get fully charged in an hour as against 4 to 5 hours that that it takes currently for a vehicle to to charge at home right that's right So the chargers that are bundled with most electric scooters today uh, plug into a regular 5 amp socket take about 4 to 6 uh, hours to charge uh, we are essentially building a charger that's four, about 4 times as 4 uh, to 5 times as powerful as that hmm okay so your innovation is is a charger that that can uh, you know of course uh, uh, do fast charging with minimum infrastructure needs and something that that is not heavy and can easily fit into a vehicle right so uh, there is obviously a, a bit uh, more to it than a blaton so um uh, a, f- a a charger with the power rating that uh, we are looking at is not really new technology uh, you can go buy something like this off the shelf the problem here is that uh, 
this hardware would be pretty big, heavy, and expensive. Not something that can easily be packaged on something like a, a scooter where space is at a premium. So actually, what we're building is more than just a charger. Uh, the way we are able to uh, uh, package it on a two-wheeler is by integrating uh, the charger with the rest of the uh, electronics that are already on the vehicle. Um, so essentially, eliminating redundancies with multiple subsystems uh, to let us bring the cost, weight, and volume of the whole system down to a point where vehicle manufacturers can now actually put a fast charger on the vehicle itself. Okay, so fast charger by itself is not so hard to find, but the problem is that it would take too much space or it would be expensive. So what you are doing is you are reducing the extra vehicle parts or 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 what should I say redundancies, so that the 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 charger can then easily fit into the vehicle without increasing its weight too much or maybe without taking too much space. Is that right? Exactly. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so something like this. Now, I want to talk about two things, right? One is that installing onboard charger means a change in vehicle design, right? So, so what what has been your experience of talking to OEMs? Uh, you know, what are their motivations to enable uh, something like this? Right. So, uh, I think uh, every OEM today is looking for some compelling charging solution, right? Hmm. Um, and this is true with uh, all of the OEMs uh, we have spoken to and all of them are honestly quite excited about the hardware we are building uh, because what this basically means for them is they can offer uh, essentially the best solution possible for charging which would let people charge wherever they go and they don't have to put in a lot of effort to do that because the couple of companies uh, today which are building a fast charging solution for their scooters request quite a lot of capital and effort from their end to make it happen. We are taking all that responsibility away from OEMs. Essentially what we are telling them is you put our hardware on your vehicle and we will take care of charging for you. The same way Bajaj, TVS and Hero don't have to worry about where people are going to get petrol with their uh, uh, petrol scooters or motorcycles. That's sort of the solution we are uh, creating for electric vehicles and honestly I think OEMs would be quite eager to uh, onboard this. Hmm. Okay, I want to know about the cost, what it does to the cost of the vehicles. So, uh, so you know electric vehicles, government has to provide all kinds of subsidies because these are unaffordable, right? So, uh, you know putting a charger within the vehicle if that is going to increase the cost significantly, it would make it even less affordable. So, what do you have to say about that? Right. So, uh, I understand uh, that is a concern and that mm. would be very if uh, companies just try to put a fast charger on board, um, which is one of the reasons we are integrating the charger with the rest of the electronics, right? So, that sort of reduces the uh, increase in cost quite a bit and uh, again depending on vehicle specifications uh, the number you'd be looking at is uh, between three and five thousand rupees increase in cost okay um, while this uh, it, again in the scheme of things i don't think this is significant but it is still added cost but i think the important thing to realize is uh, our hardware together with the rest of our solution would actually decrease vehicle cost in the long term right because what I mean is uh, right now the tendency is for all OEMs to increase the size of the battery pack. And I think they're doing this for two reasons. 
one the fame subsidy uh, is linked to battery capacity so it's about 15000 rupees hmm. per kilowatt hour yeah. and i think the oems buying cells at scale are probably building a battery packs uh, itself for less than 15000 rupees a kilowatt hour so essentially their entire battery pack cost is being subsidized by the fame to subsidy and it's giving them sort of the only differentiator that they have from the other vehicles on the market right hmm. so now the tendency is to increase range but honestly if you think about it do people need more than 60 or 70 kilometers of range on a scooter which is mostly used in a city i don't think so i think the real problem here behind range anxiety is charging anxiety right and the way i explain this is i mean if you have a, a petrol vehicle uh, how often would you get a full tank of fuel um, mm. rarely i think I mean, I when I used to ride a petrol scooter, would only get a liter of fuel or so because I know I can get fuel whenever I want. You apply the same analogy to electric vehicles. What people are really asking for is a convenient way to charge, and we fully believe what we are building is that convenient solution. And once this becomes a reality, um, OEMs can actually rethink how big their battery packs need to be. And uh i think if our solution works the way we intended to it should allow oems to decrease the size of their battery pack right which is why i said in the long term fast and ubiquitous charging will actually allow them to decrease the size of their battery pack and hence vehicle cost mm-hmm. oh lovely so what you are saying is that if the uh, so currently the the battery's size is not optimized because people need to provide uh 100 kilometers or 200 kilometers whatever range and that requirement is can go down if 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 uh, if something like what you are proposing is working exactly because i mean even if you look at uh, again there are some exceptions here uh, like delivery uh, uh drivers who are almost uh, constantly on the road but even them i think if you look at sort of a period of 24 hours and see even for someone who rides 50 or 60 kilometers a day um over what period of time does this happen for and for how long is the vehicle just parked any vehicle will be parked for most uh, of its life cycle what we are trying to create is a charging solution that will work wherever people park so yeah with this basically the battery pack can become smaller and yeah the fame to subsidy also I mean, uh, they're getting it today, but it's not going to be around forever. So once the subsidy goes away, I think OEMs naturally will start looking for ways yeah. to make their battery smaller, unless the costs have gone down significantly. Yeah, true, true. And uh, if something like this is it only valid applicable for two wheelers, or will it, you know, can can similar logic or similar technology work for autos? where where we need a solution like this and where battery swapping is very popular right so like i uh, mentioned at the very beginning our solution works best for uh, all light electric vehicles so that includes three wheelers as well so yeah this would work for uh, three wheelers although because the battery packs are a bit larger there mm, uh, heavier slightly longer uh, to charge um but then again it, it's so i think uh, sort of um paradoxically i think what we are actually trying to do is make charging time irrelevant 
right um charging time matters only if you're going to a specific place to charge and you have to wait there while your vehicle is being charged if you're waiting for your vehicle to charge you want it to take 30 seconds and not 3 hours but if you're charging wherever you park anyway then charging time sort of becomes irre- uh, irrelevant provided it's fast enough right so uh, again there's sort of uh, an interplay here between speed and availability but yes the solution works for autos although the charging time would be slightly longer so uh, other part uh, which which i want to talk about is the revenue model right so yeah. uh, so are you uh, so are you going to be selling these uh, chargers to oems or or will it be like technology transfer and then then uh, you know you would you would figure out some other ways of uh, creating revenues uh right so uh, broadly there's sort of two streams of uh, revenue we are looking at uh one is hardware sales to oems and this i think will take different forms based on the volumes we are looking at um initially uh, it would be sort of uh, direct uh, sales of the hardware when the numbers are lower but uh, once that scales up uh, i think it would make uh, more sense for us to just license the technology to oems and let them figure out the production part of it so we can focus on uh, future products so that's probably one stream of revenue um the other uh, i think uh, the other stream of revenue which will become a lot more important in the long term is essentially offering charging services to end users so the way we are looking at it is um by selling vehicles with our hardware to end users OEMs are essentially acquiring customers for our charging uh, network right and once we have sort of that captive base of users with uh, our hardware on their vehicles i think it would make uh, it would just make complete sense for us to offer something like a uh charging subscription a monthly charging subscription to end users and say okay you pay us 600 or 700 rupees a month and you get unlimited fast charging at any charging point on our network which is enabled by the hardware uh, you have on your vehicle hmm. okay and in terms of cost um, you know right. this kind of fast charging how does it compare with battery swapping you don't have to do like to like but maybe a just broad overview would would work and maybe you can also discuss the fixed and uh, variable charges both right <clears throat> uh, so uh, again battery swapping i think um, at the outset it looks like a very good solution in terms of sort of the economics of it but um, i think there there's a lot to um, to unpack there with uh, battery swapping so one of the uh, biggest um, challenges there is um, you obviously need to have extra battery packs in circulation right uh, that's the only way battery swapping to work and this number can vary a lot uh, it depends a lot on how optimized everything is uh, so for to give you examples um, i think gogoro's network in taiwan has something between 10 and 20% float and some of the uh, battery uh, pro, uh, battery swapping providers in delhi have as much as 250% float now what this means is for every vehicle there is, there are two and a half additional battery packs in circulation 
and how this affects the economics of it is end of the day someone has to pay for all of this capital and there is only one person paying here and that's the end user so for the end user while purchasing the vehicle it might look like lower upfront cost but they will end up paying for whatever installed capacity of battery pack they have plus the capacity that's uh, floating around right so hmm. overall over time they will be paying for a lot more and in terms of energy cost it's not too different but battery swapping has other uh, additional costs as well right so um, the real estate required things of that sort because um, the charging points that we will be setting up are essentially just outlets which can be put on the wall uh, near parking spots so that doesn't occupy too much dedicated real estate but battery swapping requires quite a bit of real estate so swapping has a lot of these other costs that go in uh, just the cost of financing itself right because um if someone is installing uh, if someone's uh, putting money on the table for all of these additional battery packs today they will expect some return on that investment you have to factor that in as well but compare all of that to our solution uh infrastructure cost is very very minimal each charging point is about 1500 rupees or so and really in terms of uh, the network that is the cost per uh, so charging location and in terms of capital there isn't much required and it's easily scalable um so yeah okay. yeah i got it uh, uh, so in terms of uh, you know i was i was thinking of the market opportunity that you're looking at initially i thought it was gig workers because uh, they need to uh, you know they they normal people they go to office and come back and they don't they can charge at home uh, so they mm-hmm. don't really need the fast charger uh, but uh, you know it it's only people who are uh, delivery partners or whatever gig workers who need something like this what do you think about the market that you are trying to address right so um we are also uh, trying to target uh, b2b applications first because i think uh, like you said that's where the use case is very strong right because these guys the average daily distance traveled is north of uh, 80 kilometers so for them it makes uh, complete sense uh, now coming to sort of retail or personal vehicle use um i think there is a bit of like sampling bias there so so the generally uh, understood um, of opinion is okay people who have electric scooters will just charge at home but um, i think that that is true for the um, people who bought electric vehicles today because right now if you can't charge at home you simply won't buy an electric scooter right because there aren't any great alternatives so we are looking at sort of biased data but mm. once there is um sort of a uh, easily accessible charging solution i think that will actually unlock uh, the bigger market because honestly how many people can install uh, a charging point at home a lot of people live in rented uh, accommodations uh, apartments where it's slightly harder so yeah i think this will make a lot of sense for personal vehicle users as well people who up to now have been holding back on buying an electric vehicle because they can't charge at home mm, okay 
okay and uh, uh, lastly ashwin uh, let's talk about the future plans where do you see ergon 6 months from now right so um, the hardware we're building is really just a platform on top of which we built the entire business and uh, really there's a lot of things we can do so if you uh, talk about uh, short term it will take us next 6 months to sort of get the product ready fully certified and uh, in production so our focus over the next 6 months will purely be the hardware we're building now um going from there uh, we'll be focusing on two things broadly one is essentially building the network required to make full use of our hardware again this network might be something we build on our own partner with existing cpos or a combination of both um so that will be sort of one um, major focus for us but parallelly we will uh, keep the hardware development going so uh, there's some ideas that we have uh, uh, that would unlock very useful features um for um uh, for people um with uh, our hardware so things like um, vehicle to home so essentially your electric vehicle with this big battery pack and our hardware is not much different from a home inverter if we make some changes to the hardware so essentially what we can let people do is plug their scooter in at home and their scooter can actually power their home right mm-hmm. so we have ideas for things like this that uh, we will be building um, quite soon probably a year or uh, two from now um, but um, if you think about longer term honestly the hardware we're building right now is quite constrained by existing vehicle architectures right mm, because yeah most vehicles today use 48 or 72 volt battery packs and whatever charger and anything else that we build have to work with uh, these battery packs and motors right uh, that is really a hard constraint on us right now but uh, we don't think this is the ideal uh, uh, solution Uh, if we can move uh, these vehicles to higher voltage architectures 200 volts and above a lot more possibilities are unlocked with the power train it can be made a lot smaller a lot more efficient but then again that we can work on once we build strong partnerships with vehicle manufacturers so sort of on the hardware side of things in the medium to long term that is where our focus would be to build a complete high voltage power train and offer it essentially as a kit for OEMs to build the rest of the vehicle uh, around basically build more and more components right essentially uh, again, yeah. like i said i think i yeah. think is biggest problem right now um so solve that but it's not the only problem hmm. so all right yeah okay thank you ashwin for this lovely conversation and wishing you best of luck hey uh, thanks a lot for this um so uh one other thing uh, i'd like to add um, so uh, we are constantly looking for great engineers to uh, join our team so <laughs> okay electric vehicles and your uh, an electronics engineer whether it's power electronics embedded or uh, otherwise feel free to reach out to me we are always hiring okay thanks ashwin thank you so much thank you for listening to the green business podcast This show is brought to you by Fine Train, an advisory firm that supports green businesses in fundraising. You can read more on us on finetrain.com. 
Thanks again and see you next time.